um, we can ask the question, is God angry with us? And here's the thing that we've got to look into. Because a lot of people believe that they have to perform. They have to perform to please God. They have to act right, do right to please God. Otherwise, he's going to punish them. And he's standing there with a writing lot in his hand. And he wants to just, you know, um, zap you and I. And that is not the truth. We're going to discuss, discuss that about God's anger, God's wrath, and what is at the Romans says that in this the wrath of God is revealed. So Romans is divided into the book of Romans divided into a couple of main themes, four main themes, and the first one is God's wrath, chapter one to chapter three, uh, verse twenty is all about God's anger. Is God angry with his children? Well, he reveals it in the book of Romans. However, I want you to understand this, and this is because as humans. We were raised, especially those of us that are older than snowflakes, um, we were raised with a belt or some form of hiding, corporal punishment. Praise God, it works. It works. People might not like it and might not agree with it in the whole human rights, children's rights movement and all of that. Uh, they all wrong. They think they've got right, but they got it all wrong. The Bible says, he who spares the rod does not love. Without chastisement, there is no love. You can read that in Hebrews. And then in Proverbs, it goes a little bit further. It says, uh, rather you hit him with bloody wounds, but save his soul from hell. So what God's saying there, or the scripture actually saying there is, if it takes that, if it takes you to beat your child proper on his behind, Okay, proper, proper, that is better than for him to go to hell. All right, so because hell ain't no joke, hell ain't no party at all. And uh, it's no debate there, there's no democracy there, and it's not um, how you're going to be able to just handle it. I uh, saw a clip of Oprah Winfrey making the following statement I take full responsibility for me going to heaven or to hell. Now, the arrogance of that. And obviously, the total, total ignorance of that just blows my mind. Number one, you have got nothing you can offer God so that you can go to heaven. And number two, hell ain't no party. I'm going to tell you there's going to be real, real pain in hell. And there's going to be people crying, so me in, yeah, and there are going to be people uh, um grinding their teeth you put me in yeah being angry at god so he's got angry with mankind you see and we want to it's sometimes easier for us it'll be easier for us to just you know oh i did something wrong wrong lord give me a hiding clean let's clear the slate and let's move on that, that makes sense to us because we were raised like that get a proper hiding you know you broke the window dad comes home he bend over gives you two three of the best and um you feel better about yourself. You apologize. And no, 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 no. You and dad together put the window in. And you feel all that much better about yourself. And you carry on with life because you got your punishment. And you're like, ah, I am happy about this. However, God doesn't work like that. You see, the word grace is unmerited favor. Mercy is not receiving the hiding that we deserve. You're following that. Mercy is not receiving that which we deserve. And grace is receiving that which we don't deserve. And all of us fall short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned. And all of us actually deserve proper punishment. You know? 
and so God, what God has done is he's actually taken out his anger on the cross. He has, he disfigured Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he made him, that's Jesus who knew no sin, to be sin for us. He didn't put sin on him. He made him sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Jesus. Isaiah 52.14, just as many were astonished at you, so much was the disfigurement of the man, his appearance and his form from the sons of mankind. So basically it says he was marred beyond recognition. He was beaten to a pulp that you couldn't see what was going on there. So you are welcome to just dial in. You are welcome to uh, just uh, post your questions, call your questions if you have got any questions regarding this or future shows. Just want to remind you about that. So Isaiah 53 verse 4, Surely, that's Jesus, has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions and was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was on him. And with his stripes we ourselves are healed. So can you see that when Jesus was on the cross, the anger of God came upon him. He was beaten 39 times with, with a cat's tail. He was ripped to pieces. Most of you have seen the Passion. If you haven't seen the Passion, do yourself a favor and go watch the Passion with your eyes open. By the way, just keep your eyes open. Don't look away. Look at what happened to him. Look what God did to him. He took out every ounce of anger that you and I deserve. The hiding that we deserve. Because we have sinned, we fall short of the glory of God. He took that hiding on the cross. Now the minute you and I think, I can do something to please God. You are saying to God the Father and to Jesus that his hiding wasn't enough. That, you know... Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being beaten. Thank you for taking the nails in the crown of thorns, spat at vinegar, a spear in the side. Thank you for doing all that. But um, I think I'm still going to hang on to some Sabbath and I'm still going to, you know, uh, not touch a corpse and I don't know, all these extra things. I, I am even going to act right just to, to make sure that you are happy with me. See, God is not angry anymore and we have to understand this we live in the dispensation of grace and mercy there was a dispensation of law before jesus came and god the father dealt with man according to his law however his dream for us is demonstrated in the perfection of the Garden of Eden. There was a time before sin when God walked with Adam in the garden in the cool of the day and they had fun and they chatted and there was an intimate relationship with man. And then there was the law period when man stuffed up and then God said, sent his son, 
John 3, 16, to die on the cross. Now you need to hear this because faith comes by the hearing and hearing of the word of God. That's Romans 10, 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Can you see there's a father-son thing? So we have to understand that our heavenly father, and Jesus teaches us to pray. And how does he, how does he pray? He says, our Father who is in heaven. But when we have a re revelation of the Father heart of God, you won't be praying our Father. You would say, my Father, Matthew 6, 9, my Father who is in heaven. All right. And so this is very, very important. Psalm 103 verse 13, as, as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. See, God has got mercy towards us, has got grace towards us. And he wants to impart his image, his identity to you and I. You see, we look at we look in the mirror, we evaluate ourselves, you know. Um, I see a lot of people share the most silliest things on Facebook regarding who you are you are the first month and whatever month you're born in or you are like this or you are like that and all of that is a seeking of identity to try to define who and what you are and people click on it and they yay i am such a nice person or retake it you don't like what the results you got <laughs> i love that there's a button to retake the thing because you didn't like the results that is so funny however god <laughs> doesn't do that he's opinion about you stays the same you are made in his image and we have to understand that we have to understand that he wants to impart identity to you and when we have the identity of who we are we won't be seeking for identity in other places or do other things and those other things can be good or bad you know i'm such a good person I, you know, I fight for all the plants. I'm such a good person. I go and spade the dogs. You know, I raise money for that. I'm such a good person. I look after orphan children. God says your good works are like filthy rags. You, I see we've got a lot of ladies on, so I'm not going to go there. But if you go read the proper translation of that word, you're going to be disgusted. Okay? It is just disgusting. It is what he's saying is that your good works are absolutely useless to me. They don't impress me. They don't do anything for me. I am not concerned about them. The thing that pleases me is faith. Isaiah 9, 6 is for us, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given and he shall be, the government shall be on his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. A son, listen to this, Malachi 1.6, A son honor his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, the Lord says, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my fear? So God refers to himself, he's, Jesus refers to himself um, that he is a heavenly father. Matthew 23.9, and no, call, don't do this, don't call, call no one on earth, your father and they're not talking he's not talking about your natural dad your natural father he's talking about people saying listen call me father for one is your father and that's him in heaven 
John 20, 17, Jesus said to John, touch me for I have not yet ascended to my father. And then he continues with the family concept. But go to my brothers and say to them, I ascend to my father and your father and to my God and your God. So Jesus makes it clear that Heavenly Father is approachable. He's gone and made an, a way for us to go there. When he died, when he took the beating, when the veil was torn, when the graves popped open, Jesus made a new and living way for you and I to approach, to approach the Heavenly Father. And it says it like this, you see, with boldness and with liberty to obtain mercy in a time of need. So you and I can run to God. When do, we, when do we need Him the most? Well, number one, when we've sinned. That's when you need Him the most. Yeah, I don't have money, I don't have food, all of that. That's fantastic. That's great. But when you sin, you really need Him because then you are in danger of hell. You can go to heaven hungry. You won't be hungry anymore. You can go to heaven sick, but you won't be sick anymore. But you cannot go to heaven as a sinner. You can only go there as righteous. So the image of this God, the image of God the Father, is not Zeus with a lightning bolt in his hand waiting for you to make a mistake and then zap you. Oh, like get in line. Or God is going to make you laugh and twist your life. God doesn't. I want you. I wish you could write this down. I wish you can record this, memorize it. God does not speak through circumstances. He speaks with in circumstances if you won the lotto let's say you played the lotto and you won the lotto and god speaks through circumstances what's he saying oh i like you so much then i'm sitting on this side well god why don't you like me i didn't win the lotto and uh, the rest of us didn't win the lotto uh, only quissy won the lotto she only liked quissy god doesn't speak through circumstances and the converse is true so Quissy gets cancer. No, God must be angry with him. God must be saying something to him. I mean, that's ridiculous. Who of you, none of us, none of us, because of anger would give our children cancer? None of us. It, it, it will never, never come into our heads. Yet we want to ascribe that to God who is light and in whom there is no darkness. When Jesus says, don't call me good, well, there's only one that's good, meaning there's only one that's excellent and perfect, and in him there's no evil. You know, years ago, a friend of ours, um, their son got cancer of the brain, and uh, they were immigrating. And some other people in the friend, group, friend, group of friends said, don't you think God is trying to tell you something? It's like, No. He does not speak through circumstances. He speaks within circumstances and he remains that I love you. He loves you. He gives you victory. He makes you triumphant. I want you to understand this, that God is a perfect father. He is an eternal father. Is Isaiah 9.6 that says everlasting father he is a father to you and will remain a father to you until kingdom come he will be there if you choose that the only thing in this whole mix up of things in life is that where you have got the free will 
to choose him as your father. Or you can choose the devil as your father. So how's that possible? Well, Jesus said to the Pharisees, your father is a snake. So, I mean, Satan was a snake. Brother vipers, children of snakes. Then I say, you can choose. You can choose to, for that to happen. He is a committed father. I mean, today's society, we are all looking for a committed father. We have to... The men have to live up to such a high standard of being a committed father. You know, you've got to be at the soccer, and you've got to be at the this, and you've got to be at the that, and tonight you've got to help with the studies, and you've got to really, really be. I don't know how women do it. Hats off to the ladies. Hats off to you guys, you know. But we, gee, God the Father is a committed father. Philippians 1 saying, being confident. He wants you to be confident of this very thing, that he, that is God, who has begun a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Meaning, God has started something in you to transform you from being just a mere human to being a supernatural human, filled with the Spirit that looks and acts like His Heavenly Father or her Heavenly Father. God wants you to copy Him. He sent Jesus as the express image of the Father. Jesus says to his disciples, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. So, nowhere did Jesus scold a prostitute or a loose woman. Nowhere did he do that. Or a guy that was stealing money, a tax collector. He didn't do that. Chief sinners, he had mercy with. Rejected people he had mercy with. Commoners he had mercy with. The only time Jesus got angry in the Bible is that self-righteousness and the exploitation of people in their worship. Then Jesus got mad. He made a, you know, a whip. He threw some tables over. He didn't sin. He didn't sin. But God, that's when God the Father gets angry. He doesn't get angry at you and I when we sin, when we stumble. When we make a mistake, no reasonable parent will slap a little baby that's learning to walk. When that baby falls, we pick him up and we say, you dust him off, come on, you can do it, come on. And you, you encourage him to take his next step, his next step. Compared, we are his babies, we are his children. That's what his heart is towards. Or are we so good that we can do that to a baby, yet God cannot have that same mentality and that same mercy to us? Are we so good? Are we, have we elevated ourselves to this place that we are so awesome and God is so bad? Now he's waiting for a light with a lightning bolt. He's waiting to give me a harding. He's going to sort me out. He's going to sort you out. You know what comes around goes around. No, 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 no. It is mercy. It is grace. God is a giving father. Romans 8.32. Truly, listen, God the Father... He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him, Jesus, up for us all. How shall he not with Jesus also freely give us all things? I mean, I, I, I can't imagine giving up my son for other people. God gives up his son. He is such a giving father that he kills his son so that you and I can have everlasting life. 
So what is he going to hold back from you? Maybe somebody needs to hear this tonight. What is he going to hold back from you if he's already given you his son? What are you trusting the Lord for? What are you trusting him for? Oh, but I don't know if God's going to give it to me, can or will or want to. Well, he's given his son. Surely, surely he'll give you what you need. Not your greed. God will never supply your greed, but your need and your want. He will. Isaiah 65, 16. He who blesses himself on the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth. See, God wants to bless you. He is a giving father. Listen to this. In Genesis 1, God creates man and woman, male and female. In the image of God, he creates them. And what's the first thing he does after he created them? He blessed them. I want you to understand this, that you are blessed. Wherever you are, whoever you are, part of your creation, the way you are designed, the way you are made, like you've got brown eyes and blonde hair, or maybe you've got you know, curly toes and, I don't know, skew fingers, or your teeth on the way you like it, you are made blessed. That is who you are. You are made blessed. Is that an angry father that does that? No, I won't say that. God is forgiving. He's a forgiving God. Psalm 103 verse 10. Has he not dealt with us according to our sins? No, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Psalm 103 verse 11. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so his mercy towards us, to those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. You want to understand that God loves you. He is absolutely, he's not angry. He's not angry. He loves you. And, he, and because of that, you see, this is the thing. It's because of that, that we get so, our minds get stuck in gear. Because we know we stuff up. We know we sin. We know we make mistakes. And we know that I deserve a harding. We know that. And I, to feel better, oh Lord, please just give me a hiding so I can feel better. And he says, no. Mercy and grace. That's your fault. That's your cup. He's approachable. I mean, that's another thing. Having an approachable father. A lot of people are like, not, I don't remember about I don't know about you, but I can recall it wasn't always the easiest thing to approach my father. You know, you're watching the news or he's busy with something or you, know, or you can sort of see, oh, this man is angry. It's very difficult to approach him. James 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. He is approachable. There's a newer living way made. His scepter is out towards you. He says, come to me, all who are heavy burden. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. All who are tired, come to me and I will give you rest. I will be your Sabbath. I will be your rest. He who hides in the shadow of the mighty, he will run and soar with eagles. He is easy, approachable. He's not angry. He, and here's the beauty. We need to run to him when we make 
mistakes. When you, the worst thing that you can imagine to do, and you do that, don't run from God, run to Him. It's easy to understand the concept. If you fall and you break your arm, you don't run away from the doctor, you run to the doctor. Hello? If you've got a big cut and you're bleeding profusely, you don't run away from the ER, you run to the ER to get help. And that's when we sin, run to Him. He is one who listens. Jeremiah 33 verse 3, Call to me, says the Lord, and I will answer you and show you great and inscrutable things which you do not know. God wants you to call on Him. God wants, he wants to listen to you. And in that, He wants to show you things that will blow your mind. He is mindful of us. Isaiah 49.10, but Zion said, Jehovah has forsaken me, or God has forsaken me, and my, my Lord has forgotten me. And then he says in verse 15, Can a woman forget her suckling child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yes, they may forget, yet I, the Lord, will not forget you. You are always on his mind. There's a song, you're always on my mind. I can't sing, so I won't go down there. Um, so you're always on my mind. God says he loves you. He thinks of you. He yearns for Jeremiah 31, 20. Ephraim, my dear son, is he a delightful child? For as often as I spoke against him, I earnestly remembered him still. Therefore, my heart is troubled for him. I will surely have mercy on him, says the Lord. God longs for you. He longs to spend time with you. His desire in the New Testament says, His desire is for you. You are desired by God. You know, maybe you switch off the TV. Put down your cell phone. I don't know. Wake up 2 o'clock in the morning. Go sit in your lounge and say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. I'm serious. Is he seeking? You will find. Knocking, it will be open for you. You know, it's just, he yearns for you. He longs for you. Wants to be with us. He wants, Isaiah 11.1, When Israel was a child, then I loved him and called him my son out of Egypt, as they called them. So they went from them. They sacrificed to bowls and burned incense, incense to graven image. And I also taught Ephraim to go. He took them on his arm, but they did not know that I healed them. I drew them with cords of a man. With bands of love, I was to them as those who take off the yoke and the jaws, and I gently gave food to him. God lures us in with love. The king lures us into his chambers. He just loves you. His goodness leads us to repentance. It's not the wrath of God. It's not the anger of God that leads us to repentance. When that tax collector sat there and he saw Jesus' judgment. And he says, I didn't come to judge anyone. So it wasn't his judgment or his condemnation. that led. It was the compassion and the love. Jesus stands outside of Jerusalem and he cries for Jerusalem. If Jesus cries, listen, Jesus says the following. I do nothing which I do not see my father do. And I say nothing which I don't hear my father say. So if Jesus is standing outside Jerusalem and he's crying for Jerusalem, that was a city with 100, 120,000 people. He's crying for them because he knows 
how lost they are. God the Father is crying for that city. He's crying for you. He longs for you. His goodness leads us to repentance. Romans 2, 4. Or do you despise the riches of his kindness and the forbearance and the long-suffering, not knowing that the kindness, the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Timothy 3, 5. Not by works of right, righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, mercy, he saved us through the washing and regenerating and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor any circumcision has any strength, but faith working through love. God's not angry. He's not an angry father. He's not an angry dad. He's not mad at you. Sitting up, waiting for the next opportunity. I'm going to get it. I'm going to just stick it in and take you to the bathroom and whip you. Cause you to go through poverty. Cause you to get some sickness. Cause you to so they break into your house. Come on. You won't do that to your child. Why do you think God will do that? People do that. People think that. They say that. They speak that. God doesn't do that. He doesn't argue with you. He doesn't wrestle with you. He doesn't punish you. He loves you because it's his goodness that leads you to repentance. His goodness that leads to repentance. And when we repent, when we say, and that, that, look, repentance is just turning to him. It's running to the doctor. In God, my father, I discover my true identity. God speaks to us. He doesn't manipulate our choices through circumstances to convince us. He doesn't tempt us. He doesn't oppress us. He doesn't persecute us. These are all the works of the enemy. John 10.10 10 says, The thief came to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's the work of the enemy. The, the accuser of the brethren, that's Satan. The tempter, that's Satan. God doesn't deal with us like that. He loves you. He is for you. So here's the thing I want to share with you. This is the Naked Pastors show sponsored by Hashtag Audiovisual Systems. And you can contact Peter the Toy on 082-806-9285. Their website's www.htav.co.za. Mail at peter at htav.co.za a sponsor for the naked pastor yeah is your naked truth whether you like it or not god is not angry with you whether you like it or not he loves you he's not going to punish you and he's not speaking through circumstances to get to you god speaks within circumstances the same message always i love you Good night. That's the Naked Pastor.